Welcome in, welcome in, welcome in. Wednesday live chat. The memorial. Ownership. Questions. Answer. Bets. Honestly, whatever you want. Live golf. The match. There's a ton of stuff going on. Uh, whatever you want to talk about, this time is yours. We're presented by the boys over at Jock Market. Talk more about them in just one second. And we got to be snappy. We got to be on time today because I'm going to the match. So I'm leaving right after this. Uh, so we got to be on time. Let's jump into this. Hank Hill says, with Brendan Steele looking like Holby the Chalk, are there any high upside cheap options that you like as a pivot? This is my website, rickrungood.com. Brendan Steele is like 6,800, I believe, or 6,600. 6,600. 11.7% is the likely ownership. I do not mind going to David Lipsky, and I do not mind going down to Alex Smalley. Smalley's kind of interesting. He's more risky, kind of high upside, high reward. He is one of the few golfers in this field gaining multiple strokes and multiple yards and distance and multiple percentage points of fairways per round. So he is very good off the tee. I worry about the short game. I worry about the putting, but we've seen him pop at times sixth in Mexico, 27th last week at the Charles Schwab. It's not the end of the world. If you're looking for a high upside pivot, I don't think that's super bad. Uh, Hayden says, I have to ask about the elephant in the room, Rick. What are your thoughts on the live golf events field? And also what do you think the PGA tour will do to punish the guys that are playing? Uh, Kyle Porter and I did a much longer, like 45 minute podcast this morning on the first cut podcast about the implications around what is going on. That is probably a better resource, but in general, getting Dustin Johnson is great for the live golf guys. Uh, the field otherwise almost exactly what we expected and very bad. Now there is kind of a situation where because they have the guaranteed payouts, the field being so bad is actually a good thing. Cause I think you'll get a lot of guys that look at it and say, Oh man, I can go take care of that field. Uh, as far as punishments go, I think the tour has to act swiftly and aggressively. I think they have to, I think they have to say minimum it's a year ban or it's a lifetime ban because you can always rescind that, right? You could always welcome them back if it came to that. But um, the PGA Tour does not have much leverage in a lot of these situations. So I think they need to act fairly quickly and fairly aggressively. Hey, Rick, Sungjae and Spieth or Corey Connors and Xander? Wow. All right. So I'm a big fan of Corey Connors this week just because of the way the ownership is shaping up. One bad missed cut. If you start looking at a good course for Corey Connors. Muirfield Village would probably be that course. But man, um, slight lean to Connors and Xander, but this is splitting hairs. I don't think you could go wrong here. Adam says, stall John Rahm's ownership jump from 13 to 17%. What do you think the underlying reason is? And do you expect him to gain even more? Yeah, so as far as reasoning goes, I think uh, you know people realize, hey, this guy's gained 38 strokes on the field at Muirfield village in the last seven rounds that he's played. He should be the back-to-back -back defending champion. He has not lost strokes off the tee, uh, since like 2019. It's just like the game is, is all there. Do I expect him to gain even more? Uh, no, I, I think, I don't think any of the top guys like can't lay Rory and, and Rom, they kind of all eat away at each other a bit. So it's, I don't think any of those guys get super like 22% or something like that, just because of where they're priced at and um, how they kind of keep one another in check. So no, I think we're, I think we're pretty close to, to the final number on, on John Rom here. 
Greetings and good day. Hello, Oliver. Is this a Jason Memorial Day week? I seem to remember this might be his home course. Yeah, but he's never really played well here, right? That's always been the thing. He lives in Ohio. Uh, I think he lives closer to Columbus. I don't know how far Columbus is from Dublin, but if you look, this has never really gone well for him. Uh, whoops. I could do this correctly. There we go. Um, look at all of this. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine years out of his last 10 in which he has lost strokes on approach here. That's kind of wild. Does it not set up well for him? Because there were even times here where he was like the number one player in the world. He was the best ball striker on the planet. He's not that guy anymore. Um, I do like that his short game is is rounding into form, which you need here. The, the path to Jason Day's success is a zero off the tee, gain four in the short game, and be like a plus three or four on approach. If you think that's likely to happen, Jason Day could have a good week. Hey, Rick, rate my lineup. Uh, I probably don't like doing questions like this, but it's Burger, English, Hoagie, Decky, Cam Smith, Aaron Wise. I think it's your money, Stephen. If you're willing to spend this, I think it's fine. Decky, Wise, um, Berger, all guys that I'm interested in. English, I think you'll have leverage on the field. Cam Smith, I think his bad course history and tournament history kind of keep his ownership in check. I, I think you're, I think you're doing all right. It's your money. I don't want to spend your money. Uh, any interest in Adam Scott or Billy Horschel this week? Okay, so let's do Adam Scott real quick here. Here's Adam Scott, and we've got um, a little bit of a concern around the green, a little bit of a concern with the putter, right? He was super hot, and his and his good results were coming from kind of riding a, a hot putter, uh, but he's always played pretty well here. I don't mind that. I probably prefer Adam Scott over, over Billy Horschel. Billy Horschel's game, to me, not nearly as complete. You're kind of asking for a really streaky run at it. Hey, Rick, could you compare Lahiri versus CT Pan? All right, let's do this a different way. Let's go to the power rankings here, and we'll do Lahiri and CT Pan. We can look at this a couple of different ways. So this is the last 24 rounds. Lahiri is better off the tee, worse on approach, but basically they're the same in the ball striking categories. Lahiri's been better around the green. Lahiri's been better at putter. Uh, I would probably give the nod to Honorbon here. How about last 50? 50 is probably not fair for Honor Bond because he had a, yeah. It's actually, it's actually not as bad as I thought, but he had that switch after Honda where he became a much better ball striker. So maybe 24 is more reflective of the current version of Honor Bond Lahiri. Pan's been great. He just kind of falls down in the short game. It's pretty close. Thoughts on Siwoo Kim? He's checking a lot of boxes uh, and is playing more consistent golf. That is certainly not something that we hear a lot in regards to Siwoo Kim. Let me find him here. Alphabetically, there we go. Here's Siwoo. Yeah, I mean, this is this is team no putt, right? This is a guy who generally gains a ton of strokes off the tee, can spike on approach, which we know about. We've seen that countless times. The around the green play has actually been fairly sharp. That's eh, always been pretty sharp. But yeah, he just he just he's either going to lose four or gain four seemingly. So if we're going for team, no, putt, I like it, there is kind of an argument to be made that statistically 
while there's some pretty big undulation in these greens at Muirfield Village, it is fairly easy for these guys to putt on. It's easier to see the break. Poor putters have generally been fine here. So I'm I'm always team no putt, but I think this week more than most, team no putt is certainly in play. Hey, Rick, hope all is well. Looking for a super sleeper. Oh, boy. What would be a good top two in strokes gained approach? Not sure I know what I'm looking at using the custom model. Okay. Well, um, so there's a couple different ways you could do this. You could go to the custom model, or you could just simply go to the cheat sheet here. And if you want a super sleeper, let's call it guys in the $6,000 range, last 50 rounds, sort by strokes gained approach, uh, Luke Donald, but look at his off the tee stuff. He's losing more there. So find somebody who is positive in both of these categories. So you get Lucas Glover, who's gaining like 7.78 in the ball striking categories. You have uh, Johnny Vegas, who's gaining 0.8 in the ball striking categories. My homie, Brendan Steele, same thing. That's nearly a stroke. That's a stroke per round in the ball striking categories. Ryan Palmer. So that's one way that I could do it. If you wanted to do it in the custom model, you could just go and put like all of your weights into the two ball striking categories and see how that shakes out. Hey, Rick, doing a uh, high dollar single entry. Do you like Eamon Kirk or Young and Reed? Ooh, again, very, very close. Young and Reed probably have more win equity. I would go that route. Is top 20 good enough for a golfer that costs 8,500? Thinking of Berger's realistic outcome, do you think he's a better jock market play? I definitely think he's a better jock market play because that is, um, I, I think expectations are going to be pretty low. And all you're asking him to do, all jock market is, is, is this golfer going to beat his expectation? Uh, and the expectation is set as his IPO price. So I imagine tonight when we go through the IPO, Berger's not going to be very popular. I'd also keep an eye on like Corey Connors, uh, guys that are coming off of missed cuts or down weeks or whatever that might be. I would say he's a better jock market play, uh, which speaking of which, while we're, while we're doing it here, we might as well just hit it right now. Jock market is stock market DFS. So you can buy, sell, trade shares of athletes. You can short shares of athletes. Um, IPO shorting is coming, which is kind of crazy. So instead of buying shares during the IPO or bidding on shares, you'll be able to short shares, which is going to be a lot of fun. So you could fade, actively fade different golfers. So last week, Brendan Todd sold for $3.76 a share on Wednesday night. Uh, that was his expectation, $3.76. Well, he finished third and got $18 a share per the payout. So he made you 14 bucks a share. So this is just a completely different way to play fantasy golf. And it is really um, about having your finger on the pulse of what's going on in the market, right? It's all about expectation. You're going to have guys like John Rahm that are going to sell tonight for over $9 a share. Uh, and you're going to have guys that sell for two or $3 a share, and they can both make you money. And they just have to beat their own expectations. So you can use the code Rick, get yourself a deposit match. There's a link in the description. It's a ton of fun. Uh, where are the meteorologists at? Asked TJ. How's the weather? What wave has an advantage? Yeah, everybody's very good at predicting that. Uh, I haven't seen, I'll, I'll check in a bit, but uh, when I checked last night, I didn't see a huge thing. I think Seamus outright at 70 to 1 is a good value bet. Do you think he can actually win a tournament like this? I love Seamus Power, and he has been great recently, and he drives it in a way that should find success at Memorial. However, 
you usually see the big boys win these, right? I mean, Rom, Cantlay, Cantlay. Um, oh, God, why am I blanking on past winners of this event? Hideki, Bryson. Finally, I was going to get there. Duffner's stolen one too. Um, I think Seamus Power is going to do very well. I've bet him to finish inside the top 20. But betting him to win is a sizable ask at this event. What should we expect from Harris English this week? Yeah, he's been like spending a lot of time off, right? He's been dealing with that injury. Let's uh, let's pull up his golfer profile page because there hasn't been a need to really talk about Harris English a lot because he hasn't been playing a lot of golf. Yeah, we have not seen him since the Sony Open. Well, I'll tell you what. Um, if you're willing to attribute all of this bad play to his injury, which I think is fair, I think it's fair, I would prefer to be early because if English is healthy and he's ready to rock and roll and you get this version right here, the well-rounded version of Harris English, right? Which we saw coming. We saw this coming at the Travelers or uh, yeah, we, we had him at the Travelers that, that eight hole playoff. If he's healthy, I want to be early. I'm okay with, you know, this start seeing another one, but I think I'm quite bullish uh, for almost immediately for Harris English. I've been really good at narrowing my original 40 guys, narrowing down, but I am making the wrong decisions to finalize my 25-man player pool. Any suggestions? That is a very generic question that I could give you probably 40 different answers on. Maybe just make your player pool 40 guys. Um, without knowing your process, that's impossible for me to answer, but if you're good at 40 and bad at 25, maybe your player pool should be 40. I don't know. We could talk about that, but that would be a like a whole hour long thing. Are they going to let scrub let the live scrubs registered for the memorial play? Uh, yes. So I can't imagine there's going to be any action from the PGA Tour until these guys actually tee off at, in London. And once they tee off in London, they'll be rebels, right? And then they will be subject to disciplinary action. But the worst thing that the PGA Tour can do is jump the gun. This is just the announced field. If Swafford gets cold feet and doesn't want to play, you can't punish the guy. So they will not do anything until they actually hit golf balls. If you were the czar, which I wish I am, I wish I was, and could change the playoff and tour championship to incentivize guys to stay on the tour, what changes would you make? Ooh, interesting. Well, there's a lot of changes I would make to keep guys on tour that are not playoff and tour championship related. I suppose what you could do is, uh, one, make the guaranteed payouts much bigger. Um, I think that what the players would probably like is either more guys making the playoffs or, or more stages in the playoffs with more guaranteed money. I'm not sure that's great. What you could do, you could do that. You could expand the playoffs like five or six weeks, but you'd have to work a bye week in there. Cause these guys aren't going to play five, six weeks in a row. If you're trying to get into the playoffs, um, I, I would almost like it where you could punch your ticket along the way. So like if you did X, Y, and Z, Oh, you can punch your, like if you had, if you make like four straight top tens, four straight top tens, you get a, a ticket to the tour championship, something like that to incentivize these guys to play more, um, where it doesn't just become who plays well in the playoffs gets to the tour championship. I don't know. I'd have to think about that. 
Hey, Rick, from all your videos this week, I thought Kucher would be chalk and for good reason. Now I'm seeing it 7.5% ownership. Any reason his ownership is so low and where do you stand on him? I, I don't think I've, I've changed from uh, what I've thought about Matt Kucher. I think he is a very solid play. You're getting him rounding into form uh, with what? Six straight made cuts and he's played beautifully here. I think that when you get to his price point, um, there's just a lot of options. You know, Adam Scott, Chris Kirk is also there. Patrick Reed is right there. He's stuck in between two very popular golfers in Kirk and Reed. Then you throw in Wise. It's just, there's a lot of popular plays there and it's keeping Kuchar's ownership in check. What's up, Rick? Is it officially time to try to get on Patrick Reed? Uh, yes. Yes. I, yes. The answer is yes. Are you buying CT Pan? Eight of the last nine cuts made and has miscut the Players Championship. Also, has good history here. Is Rain is Reed gaining too much ownership? Um, I, I wouldn't let just one golfer's ownership dictate anything. So, if I really need to get access to Reed, I would find different pivots. CT Pan. Let's look at CT Pan. So. I thought he was more accurate than that. 95th on tour in accuracy. We know he's not very long, but he's gaining one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight straight events. He's gained strokes on approach. It's a pretty good profile. Not going to lie. It's a pretty darn good profile. So that is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight events. So what's his last 24? Last 24. I bet you CT Pan is. One of the top approach players in this field. Yeah, he is. Just above uh, Gary Woodland. He's like 12th or 15th. Yeah, that's a pretty good stat profile. And when you show me that, there's probably no reason to not trust him. He's made the cut three times here. Results aren't great. Um, yeah, okay. All right, I could buy that. What's an updated model look like? Asked Mark. I probably wouldn't. I really liked what I did with the model, uh, which was make this weird little weighted strokes gain total. I think I did. Um, I think I did something like this, right? Fifteen on distance, twenty, uh, ten on accuracy. Then I did uh, thirty on approach. Then I did thirty-five around the whoops, thirty-five around the green, and then that left me with ten. And I think I put it on putting. I think this is exactly what I did. And I don't think I would change this. I like this a lot. Roy McIlroy, number one, Jordan Spieth, number two, Sung Jay, Aaron Wise, Cam Young, Davis Riley, Hideki, Fowler, Keegan. Um, I forgot to mention, somebody pointed out to me last week that the model that I ran last week, Sam Burns was number one. Now it was that week where there was like five guys who were within like half a point of one another, or maybe, maybe more than that, maybe of two points of one another, but Sam Burns was number one. They're like, oh, he was number one in the model. And I was like, great. Cause when I ran, when I ran a bunch of lineups, I actually, I got a decent bit of them. I didn't get a ton of them. Oops, I lost my spot. Hold on. I can get back to it. Uh, here we go. Do we think we see Colin, Rom, or Spieth going to live in the next couple of years? If that happens, it would be a colossal organizational failure on behalf of the PGA Tour. These guys have um, committed to the PGA Tour, basically. I imagine the PGA Tour is going to have to continue to put up their defenses. I think the PGA Tour, listen, I get 
there's a huge charitable aspect to the PGA tour. And that is why basically why it's made. It's like a 503 B, right? Don't be a nonprofit anymore. Be a company that can give a lot of money and a lot of these purses out. They can get you close to the same level of purses. You can still do a lot of great charitable things, but you don't have necessarily have to be a nonprofit. I would, um, if that, if, if Morikawa, Rom and Spieth go to live, the PGA tour will not exist anymore. It would be a colossal failure. Hey, Rick, who do you think is better? Joel Damon or Scott Stallings? Uh, I'm 50, 50 on both 6,900 bucks. Uh, slight prefer Scott Stallings, but not much. Hey, Rick, I have 7,500 left in salary and wise is already in my lineup. Do you like anybody else? Better than Fowler at $7,500 or below. How about Keith Mitchell? A little bit riskier, but one of the few who is just very, very good off the tee and streakier in some other areas. Uh, so if you're looking to win all the money, that's not bad. We already talked about CT Pan. Um, that would probably be my short list. Hey, Rick, are you aware of people that are tied to agencies representing Dustin Johnson and Live Golf spamming the first cut comment section? Uh, no, I was not aware of that. <laughs> with, their, with the par fives being the only holes at Mirfield Village that play under par on average, they are extremely important to score on. Do you think par five scoring is an effective stat to look at for this week? So I tend to think that when there are more of like the difficult, there's two ways to look at it. You can either say that's the most important or what about like the 10 par fours that are going to be playing hard? Wouldn't that be more important? Wouldn't, wouldn't the better players separate themselves there? Kind of different ways to look at it. But if you're really curious about um, the best par five guys, that would be like, well, if you want scoring average, I guess that would be like these guys. Smith, Cantlay, Spieth, Hideki, Rory, Mitchell, Homa, John Rahm, Sungjae, Sheamus, Siwoo Kim, Cam Champ, so on and so forth. The worst being Langmurth, Donald, Matt Wolf. Oh my God. If Matt Wolf is the third worst in this field in par five scoring, that is very, very troublesome. Interesting. Rick, how are you differentiating the top dogs this week? Based on my goals, what do I want? Do I want someone very likely to be inside the top 15? Xander. Do I want to buy low on a guy who just needs to find a putter? Morikawa. Do I want to take the, the lowest owned option in a guy that has two wins here in the last three? Can't lay. You know what I mean? Like It's just like goals oriented. That's kind of how I split hairs because they're all good. And that is why they are the top dogs. So glad to be on summer vacation. Oh, Brent checking in live. Couple of questions. Um, oh, okay. I guess they're coming. He's teasing. Brent is teasing his question for later. Thank you. How about we talk about what your wife wants to talk about for once? Okay. Let's see what she wants to talk about. She'll slack me. She says the Johnny Depp trial. So it appears that Johnny Depp has won. Uh, now, I haven't really been following along with this. Uh, however, according to Twitter, you know, I guess Amber Heard did not really come out looking 
great from all of this. Uh, I'm not really in a position to speak one way or another, but as of right now, they're still reading the verdict. And so far he's winning is what I'm, is what I'm understanding. How about that, Drew? Should we talk about that for the next 45 minutes? For the match, I'll be down there. But uh, I think if you made me bet it, and again, this would be like lunch money, I would take Mahomes and Allen. So there's two. There, there's a couple of things with these matches. They are incredibly volatile. When you only play 12 holes and the formats are wonky and these guys have people in their ear and they're wearing mics and they're trying to figure it out, they're trying to be funny, it's a very volatile format. In theory, I lean dogs, which have won three out of five of these. The other thing I lean is I want the the team that the best guy is on. Phil, when it was Phil, when Phil was the only pro and they were the dogs, that was the biggest bet I've like ever made on one of these things. I think Josh Allen could be the best player out there. Um, Rogers is going to be great. Allen will take this seriously. He is a big golf content consumer, not of me, but of like vloggers and stuff like that. And I know friend of a friend, he's taking this very seriously and uh, he has a great swing. I'll tell you what. So he might be the best player and he's on the dog side. I worry about Mahomes though. Mahomes could kill them. Does, uh, does Jordan changing his putter make you optimistic or pessimistic about a bounce back week? So I don't know if he is putting that, that putter you saw him testing, Evan. I don't know if he's putting that in the bag. We see guys test a lot of stuff on Wednesdays. I think in general, if he were to make a putter switch, it can't get any worse, right? He's literally in the worst putting stretch of his career. Tried, try something new. Mm. Oh, okay. So this is kind of interesting. So not a lot of conversation about Shane Lowry, or at least not as much conversation about Shane Lowry as there should be because Lowry's been awesome. Okay. Go to the power rankings. Look at the last 24 rounds. Everyone in this field, Rory McIlroy, Shane Lowry. Last 36 rounds, Shane Lowry, number one. Last 50 rounds. Shane Lowry, number one. Last 100 rounds. Shane Lowry, number four. You get the idea, okay? He's been very good for a very long time. He is gaining basically across the board. He's been nearly dominant. Let's look at his results uh, here. Yeah, look at this. Two top 15s in his last uh, four T6 last year. Gained across the board there. Yeah, let's go. Let's go. He's back on bent grass, which he's uh, historically, it's his best surface. He's not great on any of them, but that's his best surface. How about that? Can you start a lineup? Thoughts on starting your lineup in the 9,000s? Uh, I will not. So more guys are going to make the cut, which makes me more... You know, only 120 golfers in the field makes me a little bit uh, feel better about getting down into the lower depths of this. I think we can identify some good guys down there like Steele um, who can at least make the cut for you. So I'm not going to give up the vast majority of the win equity at the top of the board. Keegan versus Sheamus in a single entry. 
Seamus. Okay, so let's just do the, the, the pivots here. Okay, so in terms of ownership, so at the top, the, the pivots are Cam Smith, Patrick Cantlay, a little bit of Xander Shoffley. Uh, the next tier, believe it or not, Fitzy, which is shocking to me because this should be a good spot for him. Uh, Berger and Connors are your pivots in the eights. Uh, and, and I'm not just like giving you the lowest owned guys. Like, like I could just be like, oh yeah, Abraham Manchester is going to be 2% owned. I'd rather have an 8% Daniel Berger or a 10% Corey Connors than a 2.8% Abraham answer. I think I just would. Um, so I'm not just giving you the lowest owned guys here. Jason Day is probably your pivot in the upper sevens. Then you probably get to man, the bottom of the sevens is tough. Cam Davis probably 1.5%. That seems to be about right. Enjoy. If the next match was a bunch of tour pros playing mini golf on an extremely over the top course, would you be more excited or less excited than the match for tonight? Uh, that could be pretty cool. Andy, I'd probably be more excited. I'm, I'm fairly excited about this though. Any interesting pivot plays for one and done. Okay. So I think if you still have Rory McElroy available, now's the time. You've got great form. You've got an improved aspect of his game, uh, which is um, the or the short game, the around the green play, which has which has troubled him at Muirfield Village in the past. But now he's in the midst of his of his best uh, best year ever. Cantlay, I wouldn't, I would not mind. I suppose the 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 real pivot would be like a cam smith xander shoffley i think xander gets used a lot early in the year and then people are always a little bit worried to use him at, at majors he's kind of in that weird awkward phase so i i think those two are probably like the low owned guys rick your ideal 2023 match participants well john if i was the golf czar i okay so my my match idea is always this. So TNT, you can call me on this one. Four times a year. It is king of the hill style. If So Brooks beats Bryson. Now Brooks is the king. He plays once every three months. If he, uh, for, part, for winning, you get a million bucks. For participating, you get a half a million, something like that. And he goes until somebody beats him. And then that guy becomes the king. And you take it to all these awesome courses all over the place. And you get real pros playing one another. And you want to do an undercard, fine. You want to have like a, because um, your undercard could create your, like your, like, like your contenders, right? So you've got, uh, what's a good example? Fitzpatrick plays Lowry with the winner moving up. And then the winner of that moves up and can take on the king. I would structure it like that. You could make a real thing out of this. I would prefer not to go the path of celebrity. I would prefer to go to the path of like WWE or something like that, just in like the structure. Can you talk about how you use juice reel? Um, sure. So I use it a couple of ways. So one, I can track everything, which I like tracking. So juice reel is an app you download and I've always tracked all my golf action. I've never tracked my like other sport action. So it syncs with your sports books, so I don't have to do anything, and it tracks all my stuff. The fact that it tracks and syncs 
it knows if I'm a good better or not and what I'm good at. And it knows all the other users and what they're good at. So when I go to look at like a major league baseball game tonight that I know nothing about, and I click the insights and it says 75% of the sharp users on juice reel are on this side. I go on that side, right? Like that's, that's kind of simple. Um, and it's not just guessing at who the best guys are because it's syncing all the history and knows. So those are the two biggest things for me. And then for golf, just line shopping, um, line shopping work. So you can download it. Um, actually this is a good time Clinton because, um, I'm going to take a quick breather and take a drink. And Armina's going to run the, the, the juice reel app. I've recently started using Juice Reel as a way to track all my bets in real time. Since I can sync the app to all my sports books, I don't miss any wager and I've learned a ton more about my betting habits. There are built-in line shopping features, so I know that I'm always getting the best lines available, and once the game starts, I can see the value of my bets fluctuate in real time with the scoring so that I always have an understanding of my expected value. The performance analytics have made me much more knowledgeable about the bets that I have the most success at, hint, top tens, and there's no going back for me. Download the Juice Reel app with the link in the description. How can driving accuracy be so important here when there are only three players in the top 25 who were top 10 in driving accuracy last year? Numbers tell me you can be not accurate as long as you make up for it with around the green. Wow. Okay, so there's a lot to unpack here. So one, just go read the quotes. And the guys who will talk about being in that four-inch thick rough and how difficult it is. There is also... A bigger difference between playing out of the rough and out of the fairway here than basically any other course on the PGA Tour. Also, I don't like the way this question is framed. Phoenix Antique Frames. Maybe you should check your framing uh, because this is such an arbitrary... Like To say there were only three golfers in the top 25. Why top 25? That's an arbitrary number. Who were in the top 10 of driving accuracy last year. Why, why top 10? Those are arbitrary numbers. Uh, how does that compare to other tournaments? How does that compare everywhere else? So um, obviously there are ways that we can skew you know, the metrics to, to go in our favor here. But to me, this is a golf course that you're, you're right though. You do need to be great around the green. The, the closer you get to the pin, the harder this course becomes. But playing out of the rough, both the players will tell you, is more difficult by a mile than other places. And the stats will tell you the same. And when those two things line up, you got you to gotta believe it. Victor versus Hideki for one and done purposes. Hideki. Uh, I think there's going to be better spots for Victor down the road. McCarthy versus Fowler. Probably Fowler, which is crazy that I just said that. Uh, yes. So, Anne asks... Have you noticed any correlation between a player's initial IPO on Jock Market and their ownership on DraftKings? Can we use Jock Market information to gain any type of additional edge? You're reading my mind. So this is what I've kind of been working on a little bit because that IPO market on Wednesday night of Jock Market is truly put your money where your mouth is, right? On DraftKings, everyone has a price and you decide whether you're going to pay that price or not. You just bid in the IPO and bidding stops when sentiment stops and you really learn who is going to be popular and who is not going to be popular. That's what I love about that market as well. 
Of the two recently injured golfers, Bryson and English, who do you think is more healthy and more worth the risk? That is uh, going to be impossible to know. I would guess Bryson. Uh, Bryson has played more recently. Harris English hasn't played since the Sony. Bryson has played more recently. Bryson has won here. Bryson is just better. So I think the answer is Bryson, but I have little confidence in that. <clears throat> hey, Rick, who are the birdie average leaders at Memorial over the last five years, excluding Workday? Uh, I'd have to dig a little bit to get you birdie or better stuff. It would take me longer than I want to commit to on um, on the show here, but I can give you one, two, three, four, five. I can give you five years of the strokes gain numbers. How about that? Sorry, it's every time I share my screen and I'm doing this it's, and streaming, it takes a second for this stuff to load. Come on. There we go. Memorial. And we'll sort by strokes gain total here. So this is last five years at the Memorial. I imagine John Rahm's going to be number one. Yeah, he has 3.89 rounds. Ryan Palmer, four rounds, 3.6. Patrick Cantlay, 2.7. Morikawa, 2.2. Scott, two. Adam Scott, that is. So that's the top five there. I can get you the birdie stuff, but it'll take me a little bit longer. Who is producer Mina's pick to win? Uh, she told me Shane Lowry, $12 single entry. Who would be your top low owned 10 and nine K golfer feeling like Rory and Xander are picking up some ownership. So top low owned nine and 10 K golfer. Uh, I guess Xander and Fitz. That would be a fairly unique start for two guys that are pretty good. Uh, I've answered some of these. HV3 lost me so much money on jock market, but you and everybody else for sure. From this field, who has the most wins? Rory? Uh, yeah, right. Rory's got what, 20? Did he get to 20 yet? Probably nobody else is even... Well, Spieth's got 13 or 14. That's got to be the next closest. Rom's got, what, seven? Is there some old guy? Maybe Adam Scott? Like, am I missing an old guy? No, Adam Scott doesn't have that many. Patrick Reed's got like 10. Uh, Day's got a bunch. Sorry, I'm just making sure I have my right spot here. Will we ever see Wolf at $6,500 again? Um, unfortunately, maybe. Yeah, man. Like he's just not, he's just not been good. Right. So let's go, let's go see Matthew Wolf here. This is the cheapest he's been, I'm sure, in, uh, in quite some time. Right. Come on, come on, come on. I hate this. When I share my screen, this thing wants to slow down on me. There we go. Okay, so load for me. I'll answer another question while we do that. Willing to go back to Harmon this week? Yeah. So those guys that are like, um, you know, missed like Corey Connors, Matt, uh, Brian Harmon. Like I'm going right back to right back to these guys. Looking at the betting board, do you agree with your odds checker 
counterpart that the winner comes from 40 to one or shorter. Do you have some longer guys you like? Uh, I tend to agree with that. I think sometimes you get, um, you know, 40 is tough because like places where I can bet that out here will have like those same guys at 60 to one. So like, I don't, I don't want to just draw the line on it. Cause it kind of, if we, we're not all using the same lines, but yeah, I, I think you need to be a very talented, uh, golfer. And in this field, 40 to one or shorter is likely to be likely to be the case. If I was going to bet anybody longer, they would probably have to have some, some winning pedigree, like a, like a Patrick Reed or, um, I mean like a Jason day, right? Like you'd have to have some legitimate win equity. Um, okay. Let me go back to this here. All right. So Wolf is 6,500 this week. He was also 6,500 at the masters missed the cut there. But that is basically the cheapest we've ever seen him. No, his very first event, he was $6,000 min priced at the Waste Management Phoenix Open. That, he was actually probably an amateur there because he probably turned pro at the Traveler. So he was probably an amateur in February. He was 6000 This is the cheapest he's been since. I wish I could say there was some optimism there. I'm not sure that I can. Who's most likely to miss the cut from Rom down to, to Lowry. This is always where these get me in trouble. Cause it's like, uh, like they're all very good for a reason. I, I guess I would say it's the guys that, um, spray it. So I think cam Smith, despite how amazing he's been is the least accurate of those $9,000 and above. He is losing uh, twice as many fairways per round as the next worst guy, Will Zalatoris. So he has been spraying it. Talks about the thick rough here. You look at his history. It's four missed cuts and six starts, a 68th and a 65th. So I think it's fairly safe for me to say that while all these guys are great, objectively, Cam Smith is the most likely to miss the cut. They Probably all of them make the cut. But I think if that's the answer, if that's the... Question you want to ask, that's the answer that I'll that I'll give you. Hey Rick, what is your take on young guns with limited or no course history? Cam Young, Davis Riley, Mito Pereira. Uh, don't care. The 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 crop of golfers that we've seen pop up on tour have proven that it doesn't matter, right? Cam Young, Davis Riley, Mito Pereira, all their success this year has come on courses they haven't seen before, right? That's kind of what it's like being a rookie. Um, the other thing is, and I'm not sure these guys are in the system, but there are all these systems now. Scott Fawcett's decade system, Eduardo Molinari has a system that he works with a lot more of the European guys on um, that, it, that helps them know where to hit it, how to play the golf course before they even step foot on it. We have so much technology. They have access to all the information. Yes, playing the course is going to give you experience, but I do not care about that. Is Rom good chalk or bad chalk? Good chalk. Have you talked about Hovland? How good of a course fit is he? I think he's. Uh, I think he's good, not great. Right? What do we What do we know here? So, um, Victor, one of the best ball strikers on planet Earth. No one's ever going to to argue with you on that. Uh, the flaw, unfortunately, is here that you could lose. Two and a half, four and a half, two and a half strokes around the green. 
these are very, very difficult short game areas. Uh, and the rough is thick, but at least the rough is thick, which is better than it being shaved down. I, I think there are going to be better spots for Victor. I think, I think Brookline could be better for him. I think, um, which by the way, I'll be at Brookline. If anybody's going to be at Brookline for the U.S. Open, let me know. I'll be there. Uh, I think Brookline's a better spot for him. I think there's going to be a lot of really good spots for Victor. I think this is like fine just because of how good he is off the tee and how good he is on approach. But um, you could you could see a lot of volatility in the short game stats. Good afternoon, Rick. How are the golf? Uh, how's the golf game these days? Any results from the simulator? Yeah. So the simulator is awesome. Obviously just hitting golf balls a couple of times a week, uh, or a couple, you know, basically every day is, is so helpful. I played like three days ago and I was so confident over the golf ball and I've never hit it better. And then I played yesterday and I was horrendous. So I guess golf is that kind of game, but yeah, I'm feeling much better feeling much more. I'm hitting it further now, which is, which is always fun. And I understand my game much, much better. If there was ever a time and a place for Ricky Fowler, I agree, Parker, it would probably be now. <laughs> uh, odds on the match, Lack versus Rick. Uh, he would be minus 300. He's like a, Andy's like a three, isn't he? I'm like a seven and a half and a very volatile one at that. I would not play Bryson in a single entry. So I, I, I want to be early on Bryson. I was really hoping for him to miss the cut, last, play and miss the cut last week and then come here. But um, I, I, I quite honestly think single entry is a bit too risky. If you play him even in a 20 max and you play him in one lineup, you are likely overweight to him on the field. I would almost rather bet him outright. I don't think he's going to do it, but I think honestly, a single entry tournament is the riskiest place to deploy him. And even in a three max one lineup, you're definitely going to be over overweight on the field. Um, yeah, you don't have to do much, but I, 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 I can't. Hey Rick, uh, what total ownership do you use? So I'm assuming like when you run, you're talking about like when you run the model, at rickrungood.com, like what's your max projected ownership? Uh, I like between 60 and 80. That's generally me. I, I kind of tinker with it from time to time, depending on how soft the, the pricing is and kind of some of the other lineups that it that it pump that it pumps out. Um yeah. Who did you bet this week? I believe it or not, have not made those bets yet. And I'm going to here shortly. But uh what it will likely end up with is let we can just talk through this together. And I'll just pull up the, the board for you. So I'll, I'll I'll bet Victor, but that's like a FOMO every week bet thing. Um, I'm very tempted to bet Rory, but I don't know if I will get there. I will uh, likely bet. Um, man, this is actually really hard for me. I haven't I haven't thought about this yet. Patrick Reed. Um, I will likely bet. Wow, why am I having so much time, so much, so much difficulty with this? Why am I having so such a hard time with this? So I maybe I will bet Rory. So maybe it'll be a very tight, like top, middle, bottom. It'll be like a Rory, 
then it'll be like a um, maybe a Sungjae or a Lowry, one of those two, and then a Reed, and just kind of go to battle with those three. Let me let me circle back on that. I have not, I've been so busy this week with uh, all the live golf stuff that I've not considered getting my bets in yet. I finally got my one and dones in just like an hour ago. What do you think of this matchup parlay? Rory over Cantlay, Spieth over Morikawa, Neiman over Zalatoris. Um, pretty good. The Spieth one it could be pretty volatile. The Zalatoris one scares me a little bit. Uh, are these for prize picks? Are these for prize picks? Because I do have the stats for prize picks. So for the birdier, these are for the birdier better matchups. Uh, Rory over Cantlay. That one is, uh, actually quite close, but that's not even the matchup. So you can't be talking about that. The matchup is Rory over Keith Mitchell. These are the prize picks matchups. So there's a link in the description. This is in my newsletter. If you go to my newsletter, you can get the round one, uh, birdie or better stuff. I'll be playing Hoagie and Mito and Xander, uh, likely in their matchups, but yours are fine. I'm a little bit worried that Zal Taurus burns you. Does Hideki having one of his worst putting performances on the renovated greens last year put you off? I'd be lying if I said it didn't bother me, uh, but I don't, I mean, listen, you know, one, one, one year for a notoriously bad putter who is actually putting much better now than he ever has, uh, I'm going to say does, does not worry me all that much. I'm looking at this card here. I'm trying to figure out this betting card. So, I think it'll be Rory Victor, then probably, God, this is so hard. Reed for sure, because I can get Reed at like 100. And then, is that it? Cause I like, like, you know, I'm talking, I'm talking through this together. Like, I don't love the number on Rom. I don't love the number on Xander. Um, I could bet Xander cause I've not been burned by everything that Xander has not won in the past. So I wouldn't, I would be fine with that. Like, am I going to go to Zal Torres at 30? Probably not. Am I going to go to Cam Young at 40? Probably not. I love these guys, but I'm probably not going to bet them. Am I going to go to Neiman at 45? Probably not. Am I interested in Berger at 60? Kind of, but probably not going to pull the trigger. This is actually quite difficult. So maybe I'll just go to battle with Rory, Victor, Sungjae, and read. I don't love that. Most weeks I feel much better about my betting card. I don't really love that. Who wins a major first, Hovland, Homa, or Neiman? Victor does. That was easy. Uh, I want to circle back to a couple of these questions here because I am at the end. Do you prefer Norn or Wise at 7,500? I prefer Wise on this Tita Green layout. Oh, there was also, um, I won't bet him, but Patrick Rogers I thought was really interesting. Drives it really well. I know he's been working on that short game, and I know it's looking fairly strong, uh, at least in practice. It might not be showing up in the stats, but uh, Patrick Rogers, like top 20, would be something I'm interested in. That that seems to be the market I'm, I'm much 
Like I bet, I bet Sheamus at, at the top 20. I'll probably go to Rogers top 20. Like that market feels better to me. I have not felt like these lines were great, especially because I think there's so few guys that could actually win it. And you have to have such a, a really good pedigree. I mean, maybe I'll just talk myself into Spieth at 22. Like I think Spieth's going to win a lot in the next six months. Rory Spieth and, and Spieth instead of Sungjae. Maybe that's what I should do. Is Sungjae really going to win this? Spieth is much more likely to win this than Sungjae, right? So maybe it'll just be Rory, Victor, which I don't even usually count. So Rory, Spieth, Reed, and Victor. That feels that feels a little bit better to me. I love Sungjae, but is he actually going to win it? I don't know. Xander and Smith or Cantlay and Hideki? Wow. Cantlay and Hideki is like the volatile one. The, the, these could not be any different. If you want the safety, I think it's Xander and Smith. If you want the volatility, it's Cantlay and Hideki. I'd probably go... God, I'd probably go Hideki and Cantlay there. You mean prize pick matchups for Xander, Mito, and Hoagie? Yes, that is correct. Uh, I did the ownership stuff. Is a birdie or better prop too good to be true? Th this, I don't know, Matt. Andy and I spent a lot of time talking about this where uh, we talked about it on the, the Tuesday show. This felt so badly mispriced, these props at, at prize picks. Like, are these a trap? You nailed it, right? Rory, it's Rom and Riley. Rom is 11,100. 11, Riley's 8,600. Rom laps the field with him in birdie or better, right? Rom is, if this was a matchup, Rom would be minus 190. So what, what's the trap? Are we falling into the trap here? Or are these lines horrendous? I don't know the answer. Riley does make more birdies than you think he does. Uh, but he's also played a lot easier events than John Rahm has, right? So I don't know, man. I thought it was a little trappy as well. Okay. I think we're getting some of the same answers that, I, or some same questions that I've already answered. So I might put a bow on this and head down to the win. Um, real quick, download Juice Reel. I'll see you guys tonight for the Jock Market Power Hour. The prize pick stuff is in my newsletter and it's in the chat. Um, if you're going to be at the U.S. Open, let me know. I'll be there. And I'm going down to watch the match right now. I hope you guys have a great day. If you see me on TV, tweet it. I don't know. I don't know where I'll be. But good luck. I'll talk to you guys later.